Hi, everybody. I'm Ann Louise Skittleman, the First Lady of Nutrition, and this is my podcast, the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. And today I have a very special guest whom I believe is one of the greatest pioneers of the 20th and the 21st century. His name is Clint Ober, and he is the pioneering discoverer of a natural phenomenon known as grounding or earthing. And I believe it's one of the most important discoveries in the 20th and 21st centuries, and he's gonna tell us why. He was a pioneer in the early cable industry and television, and he has now expanded his horizons to the whole concept of health and healing, and he's now in 15 different countries grounding and earthing people because of the extraordinary health benefits that that very simple and elegant process provides. So Clint Ober, welcome, welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Well, thank you, Anne Louise. Thank you for your kind words. <laughs> well, of course, of course. I've, I first reviewed your book. It was in 2010. I think it was, uh, maybe it was 20, uh, 2009. It's, it's yes. your, book, your book on earthing, which has sold nearly a million copies since. And I knew when I read it that this was a discovery that ranked right near penicillin. Yep. That was what you wrote on the comment. That was very nice. <laughs> well, it's because I believe it with all my heart and soul. So here's the deal. What the heck is earthing? How do we describe earthing to my viewers and my listeners? Okay. Um, <clears throat> first of all, uh, maybe just a little bit of reference. Uh, you know, how I got, how I came about all of this. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I spent about 30 years in the communications industry. And that is, um, you know, like cable television, anything to do with communications, satellites, uplinks, microwave, you name it. And in that industry, we have to ground everything to the earth, connect everything to the earth. And the reason we connect everything to the earth is to maintain a negative charge, meaning uh, to prevent um, an electrical event, to prevent noise and all kinds of um, interference and so on. So anyhow, <clears throat> I spent about 30 years in that industry. And so I had, I, I, you know, I took grounding for granted. It was just part of life. Um, but most people outside of the communications industry don't think too much about grounding. Uh, electrical people think about it more in the way of lightning prevention. I mean, safety than anything else. But in the communications industry, it's a lot more technical. So <clears throat> anyhow, I just had this working knowledge of it. And in about 1994, uh, somewhere back in that time frame, um, I went through a, um, uh, an event where I decided to retire. I had a life-threatening event. And, and uh, <clears throat> as a result, I decided that I didn't really want to stay in the, um, you know, in, in the commercial financial industry. world industry at that point. So I took off and I spent about four years just driving around the country trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I was only 50, 54, no 50, 50 years old then. Wow. wow. Amazing. Where did it all go? But anyhow, <laughs> so I spent about four years just kind of doing not a lot of anything except uh, visiting with my children around the country. And anyhow, one day I was in, I was in Sedona, Arizona. Yay, and, I love Sedona. Yeah, it's really a nice place. Anyhow, I, I was playing with a computer and it kept crashing on me. And I realized that it was static electricity. So I had to go and fix a ground. And because the computers weren't grounded back then, I just put a piece of metal um, 
copper tape across my desk and then grounded it so I would touch it before I would touch the computer. And that prevented the crashing, that I, the problem that I was having. The software would glitch up. So anyhow, <clears throat> just for some reason, I was um, kind of got into that mode thinking about electrical and grounding. And I went outdoors and I sat on a bench and, and <clears throat> a big tour bus pulled up with a group of um, tourists. And I, I believe they were from Japan. And they were kind of short, but the thing that stood out most of all is they had the the uh, white Nike type tennis shoes on, and all of them had looked like the same pair. I mean, <laughs> looked like looked like they'd been to a, a you know an outlet mall and they were on sale. And so it was it just stuck out like a sore thumb. And intuitively, I asked, and I don't know why, uh, but I asked. I said, I wonder if there's any consequence to humans no longer being naturally grounded. Because when I was a kid, we were always barefoot or we had leather sole shoes and we were always in contact with the earth and we were always naturally grounded. And when you put these new shoes on, these rubber sole, synthetic sole shoes, then it insulates you from the ground and your body's no longer grounded. I had no idea at that time about the body. I knew a lot about technical electrical, but not about bioelectrical. So <clears throat> that evening I went home and I started playing with um, a voltmeter to measure the electrical potential of my body versus the earth when it's grounded, when it's not grounded. And, <clears throat> and then I recognized the, that when I was not grounded, that my body was an antenna for all of these environmental EMFs and um, other electrical noise. There's a lot of it and static electricity. Static electricity builds up on your body every time you take a step if you're not grounded. So it was through that process that I came to um, recognize that there was a problem here. So I, in order to understand, I, that night I went home and I grounded myself. I took a piece of, went to the hardware store and got a piece of metal duct tape about three inches wide and you know a roll of it and I rolled it, laid it across my sheet connected it to a alligator clip through a wire out the window connected it to a ground rod connected oh. the meter connected the meter to it so then I would <clears throat> hold the meter in my hand and touch the touch the tape and I knew that it was grounded so when I would lay on it and I would touch the tape then I knew that I was grounded and <clears throat> I don't know why um, this came about that way it just you know, when you live in Sedona, there's not a lot to do there after you've been there a while. <laughs> and so, except for hiking and playing. Um, but anyhow, that night, um, I was playing with the voltmeter, and the next thing I knew, it was morning, and the voltmeter had fallen down by my side, and I'd slept all night. And the significance of that is, <clears throat> I'm a Montana cowboy. <laughs> I had every kind of pain in my body that you could think of, either from just the things we did when we were young, skiing, tennis, you name it. So I had a lot of pain, a lot of health issues. And but anyhow, that night, normally for me to go to sleep, I had to take Advil or some kind of a pain med. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and, and then in the morning, I had to drink coffee and take some kind of thing, you know, to get up and get going. <laughs> but anyhow, um, so to fall asleep like that was, wow, that was, I mean, so then I recognized that, okay, the EMFs or the environmental electric field, something uh, in the bedroom were causing me not to sleep. 
So by grounding, that eliminated that, and so then I was able to sleep. And so over a couple of days, I went and um, grounded a couple of friends of mine. I said, hey, you guys, you got to try this, because everybody has sleep problems. And so we- Epidemic. Yeah. It's epidemic. Yes. So we, I grounded them, and then about two days later, one of the guys comes over and he says, do you think this could have anything to do with arthritis? Mm. And I says, no, I don't think so. I think it's just sleep. And then all of a sudden, I recognized that my pain, because I had chronic pain, it started to subside. And <clears throat> whenever I was grounded, the pain would just totally disappear. And when I would get ungrounded, a few hours would start coming back up. So then I recognized, okay, there's something going on here. I didn't understand it. So I started to spend a lot of time doing research. Back then, we had AOL, and it was very challenging to get much on the internet. Uh, so I ended up going down to um, the uh, uh, University of Arizona in Tucson and asking her questions and trying to find out, you know, what grounding, when you ground the body, how come the pain goes away? How come you sleep better? Well, nobody knew. They thought I was kind of, you know, they didn't Out quite under, understand what I was talking about. But anyhow, I kept playing with it. And then I, I started recognizing that it's, it's really significant. It does work. And it does work on other people. And so I said, you know, we got to find out what this is all about. Because no, nothing in the literature that even discussed it, except for when you uh, do open heart surgery or do surgery, then the, the patient has to be grounded to the earth in order to prevent the static electricity. Otherwise, you'll create an, uh, a cardio event if static electricity gets into the skin. So anyhow, I, uh, I loaded up my RV one day and I said, well, I'm going to go out to California. And I went to UCLA and I went there and I asked them, I said, because I figured they would know. And I went there and talked to the sleep lab and a few people there. And they said, you expect us to believe that somebody's going to drive a nail on the ground, tie a wire around it, tie it around somebody's toe, and they're going to sleep better. They said, get out of here. You're nuts. <laughs> and um, But anyhow, we did have a little fun playing, bantering back and forth. But um, <clears throat> they indicated that, yes, to do a, a research study would take, you know, maybe up to $5 million. It could take five years. And then there's no assurance it would ever get published. And I said, well, this is more, you know, this is too simple. Uh, we need to move forward with it. And um, so, <clears throat> so anyhow, I went out and I decided with a couple of the kids that I'd met that had, uh, they were trying to get their doctoral papers or whatever. And so anyhow, they helped me design a study where we grounded 60 people. 30 of them were grounded, 30 of them were not grounded. And the, it, it was really interesting because um, I couldn't get any help from the medical industry and I couldn't get any help from doctors or anybody to either line up subjects or, or whatever. But one day I was getting my hair cut and we had to round up the subjects after we got the, after we had the study designed, we had to round up the subjects. So <clears throat> didn't know how to get them. So one day I was getting my hair cut at, a, at the beauty salon and I heard these ladies talking about pain and couldn't sleep. Huh. And so I went up afterwards and I talked to the uh, lady who owned the place. I said, um, I'm getting ready to do a study and I need people who have pain and can't sleep or people who can't sleep. And um, she said, honey, don't worry about it. How many of them do you want? And so between her and a half a dozen other beauty salons, we rounded up about 60 people to participate in the study. 
And then we had a nurse that would go out and interview all of them and get it all organized. But anyhow, my job was to go out and ground them. And so what I would do is I would go to each home and I would measure the electric fields because in my mind, I thought it was more about electric fields and environmental noise. And um, so anyhow, we would, uh, one morning I went to a gentleman's house and he had severe flaring arthritis. He had cardiovascular issues. He just had all kinds of, and he was pushing 80. Mm. And I went into his bedroom and his bedroom, his, he had no electric fields in his bedroom. He had no lamps. He had one on the other side of the room, but his, it was an Adobe home with a dirt, I mean, a uh, brick floor. And the bed was on a metal frame, which was connected to the metal, the brick floor. So it was basically, there was no electric fields. And I thought to myself, this is terrible because, you know, I'd have them sit on the bed, measure their body voltage with the meter. And I said, this is terrible like, to myself. I said, because this guy's not going to get any results. He doesn't have any noise in his bedroom. Um, <clears throat> so anyhow, I went about, went, went about the study and connected, put them together, put a bed pad underneath of a sheet. And then for 30 days, he slept on it. And then the nurse would come back later. The lady who was in charge of the study came back later and do interviews and so on. But anyhow, that afternoon, I went to another house. And these were both live pads. Half the pads were not working. Half the pads were working. But I went to the to another house, and, the, and it was a lady. And she was about 80 years old. And she had flaring arthritis and just lots of pain. And she couldn't even hold uh, the probe when I wanted to measure the body voltage or the electric fields that were charges on her body. So <clears throat> what I did is I put a patch on her hand and I connected it to the meter. And then the meter was connected to the earth so that I could tell you know, what her body, what the electric field effect on her body was. So then, uh, <clears throat> then afterwards I took the pad the um, ground pad and put a patch on the other hand so that I could measure the effect of the grounding and <clears throat> so anyhow a few minutes later she said do you think there's any chance that or no, she said this one's working great this one's not working and I said well that doesn't make sense so what it was it was this one is connected to the meter this one on the ground so I took them switched them and a few minutes later she says now it's working meaning that her pain huh. had come down just oh. from the pat, just from patching, and oh. <clears throat> so that kind of was got my attention. But then, uh, thirty days later, when they went out and I think it was a four to six weeks later, when they went out and collected all the data and brought it back, one day I was in the office and I was looking at some of the papers and I saw these two people, and one of them had extreme electric fields up around, I mean the highest I didn't think I'd ever seen, and the other was almost the lowest I'd ever seen. But they mm. both had this; they both had the same results. The arthritis subsided, their color came back, their energy came back, and 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 they and they had significantly diminished pain. So that was the day that I recognized that okay, <clears throat> it's not electric fields. By reducing electric fields, I'm not reducing pain. It's by connecting them to the earth that I'm reducing pain. And so, what was this all about? I didn't really fully understand. So the next, so that, so I spent the next month or two doing all kinds of experiments, find people with pain, ground them, ground them with no electric field, ground them with no uh, magnetic field, ground them with capacitors and everything. And then it all came back to 
they had to be connected to the earth in order to reduce pain. So then if started doing a little more research and <clears throat> the earth is, has a negative surface charge. So when you touch the earth, the, you know, the Elect body becomes electrons. Yeah, negatively charged. The, these electrons flood into the body and then they reduce the pain. So <clears throat> that was all interesting and it was kind of the backward way of going about something. But so the next question was, what was earthing doing and how did it do that? Because what's the mechanism of action? Now, being a, um, you know, in the electrical world, I understood that I was reducing noise and I was reducing, you know, the, any kind of a charge like a lightning or anything like that. I was reducing charge. And so then I had to assume that pain was charge. You know, pain was fire, but I didn't know why or how. Now this is back in around 2000. So anyhow, along the way, I uh, had done, went on to do a second study with a uh, radiologist down in San Diego. And there we needed, uh, he decided that in order to test everything that we we're doing, he says, let's measure cortisol because it's a stress hormone. And if what you're doing is real, then it'll show up in cortisol. So we did, and we said, when we got significant results, I mean, first of all, before the, everybody's cortisol was all over the place. You know, huh. they're on a 24-hour circadian cycle. Uh, cortisol has a very, uh, a, a very uh, curve, established curve. I mean, on the 24-hour circadian cortisol rhythm. secretion it's secretion profile. Yes. Right. <clears throat> so anyhow, um, before everybody's was all all over the place, and we measured the cortisol every four hours for 24 hours, so we could see what was going on over a 24-hour period. Then <clears throat> six weeks later, same thing. And we ended up, uh, in the six weeks later, everybody's cortisol synchronized into a perfect uniform pattern. And so <clears throat> we knew that it was quieting the nervous system and reducing the fight or flight or the sympathetic you know, if your cortisol is all messed up, you can't sleep and, and you're in a chronically elevated sympathetic state. So that calmed down, everybody was able to sleep better and so on. And, but what we recognized more than anything was at four in the morning, there's this big spike in cortisol when the people are grounded. Interesting. Now, now there's no light in the environment at that time, there's no noise. So it, had, it could only have been one thing, the amplitude of Earth's electric field, because it's dynamic, it changes throughout the 24 hour cycle. And so at 4 a.m., the sun's starting to come up and there's no, I mean, there's rhythms on the Earth and there's energy fields on the Earth. So that's when uh, you would first get some effect from the sun coming up in the morning. Even though you don't see the sun, you still, there's a, um, a tide of energy that comes over. So anyhow, <clears throat> we recognize that, um, so the earth, the electric field of the earth, the uh, rhythms of the earth, the, you know, these natural rhythms of the earth are having an effect on, on hormone cortisol. Well, cortisol is master hormone, so it's got to be affecting everything else. And that's why you sleep better and sleep deeper and all of these things. So we learned that, but we still didn't understand why it reduced pain. So anyhow, <clears throat> uh, we had done heart rate variability along with that study, but at that point, nobody knew what it was. And mm -hmm. we just, uh, <laughs> we, had, we had the uh, equipment 
and uh, and we did you know we we did before and after, and so we had significant measurements, but we didn't really understand them. And, but anyhow, Dr. S uh, Golly, who was working on the study, heard that Stephen Sinatra was coming to town, and he was a cardiologist. And he says, "Let's go ask him because cardiologists would be dealing with electrical." And so we did, and we sat down with Steve and uh, told him what we were doing, showed him everything, and we kept talking to him about the pain. Whenever we ground the body, and, and um, the pain reduces. And he says, Clint, he says, if you're, if you're reducing pain, he says, you need to be researching inflammation. Inflammation. Because you can't have pain unless you have inflammation. Inflammation comes first, then comes pain. And so at that time, after, and we spent an afternoon together, had a good time, really nice people, and um, didn't know too much about inflammation. To me, inflammation was you sprain an ankle and it swelled up. And he said, no, that's not what this is. This is a different kind of inflammation. And so after he left, I started going to work and trying to understand what this inflammation is that he was talking about. This is back in 201, 202. Nobody, years ago. Nobody yeah, was talking about it then. No. And so anyhow, I, I came across to how the uh, white blood cells work, how the immune system uses white blood cells. And for instance, if you have a pathogen in your body or you have a damaged cell, the immune system sends a neutrophil, white blood cell, and it comes over and it encapsulates the damaged cell and it releases reactive oxygen. And what they call reactive oxygen species. And as soon as I heard the word reactive, then I said, okay, this is an electrical phenomenon because yes. that, that means they're short of an electron or you either got too many electrons or not enough. And that's what makes it reactive. So then I, I recognized what was going on that um, <clears throat> learned, kept learning more and more about the immune system. Then I recognized that the immune system was uh, reducing these excess radicals or obviously the body didn't have enough free electrons enough redox potential to reduce them so they were oxidizing whatever but but at the same time about 204 Ritger and the boys back at Boston Mass came out with this article and it was on the cover of Time magazine and it was you know body on fire inflammation I remember said, yeah said you don't have cancer you don't have you know, all of these health disorders that we talk about, that we list. He says, what you have is chronic inflammation. And, and, the, and the inflammation will manifest differently in different people based on their genetics and their lifestyle. And so then it all began, it all began to make sense. That, so then I sat back and I looked at it and I said, you know, well, if that's the cause of all these health disorders, then inflammation is the cause of all these health disorders. I learned real quick that you grounding is the cause of inflammation, not grounding is the cause of inflammation. And then I had to go back and look in 1960, but that was when we invented the synthetic sole shoes, the, 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 the inexpensive polymers. And so the first thing they did in the uh, 1960 era, they, the first thing was to uh, make these inexpensive shoes. And so there's, the, uh, the soles of all the shoes were plastic, insulative. So when you wear these shoes, you're no longer naturally grounded. Well, before 1960, we were always barefoot or we wore leather sole shoes primarily. And so we were grounded. And 
and our bodies were always charged with free electrons. And so anyhow, the, um, um, lost my thought there for a minute. Um, 1960. <laughs> yeah, 19, yeah, 1960. So, but anyhow, so back about that time was when all of these, uh, then we started carpeting our homes with these synthetic fibers and everything. So right. we were totally more and more insulating uh, ourselves from the earth. From and, then the earth. and then television came along and we spent more time indoors than outdoors. Then computers come along. And so we just had this lifestyle where we, and you know, accidentally disconnected from the earth. We didn't realize that the body had an electrical connection or a ground or that our, the electrical ground was important to the body. But anyhow, so, but you can see on the curve, there's a curve, this exponential of all of the autoimmune diseases, everything from autism to cancer. And then here's the growth of rubber sole shoes. They parallel each other identically. So, <clears throat> so then all of a sudden the story was starting to come together. And so we kept doing studies and because um, everybody said, well, let's go do a study on this. Let's do a study on that. And they said, nobody's going to believe it until you have a dozen studies. Well, we did over the last 20 years, we produced two dozen studies. Now they kill, still come out and say, well, you need more research because this just isn't a big enough body of work. I said, excuse me, I don't care. <laughs> it's, you know, this is um, uh, self-evident. If you have pain, go put your hands and your feet on the on the earth and it will go away. You tell me. <laughs> but anyhow, so but now we do have a lot of clinical studies going on, but this is away from us. Uh, so we're not all we did was produce the um, proof of concept studies that no matter what you do to the body electrically, I mean ground the body, it affects everything in the body from your your brain waves to your muscle tension to um, your fight or flight system you know everything and <clears throat> so anyhow that's uh, that's how we discovered and it, it took us eight years to figure out what the mechanism of action was so the mechanism of action is very simple you touch the earth the earth is negative so and it has a reservoir of free electrons that's why we ground everything electrical to the earth is for the electrons from the earth to travel up the wire and reduce charge in an electrical appliance or lightning or anything else. So <clears throat> that was the fun part of it. Um, the unfun part of it was, I mean, the fun part was we had discovered something very significant. The unfun part was that nobody knew about it. <laughs> uh. and, and so we had to start, you know, continuing the research and and I learned so much along the way. Um, one of the main things that I learned was uh, in the beginning, we were grounding primarily women with lupus and MS. Autoimmune illnesses. Yes. And they, they showed up because the rheumatologist said, here's a couple people you can have because I can't help them. And... Um, with uh, MS, they, they, back then they were telling the ladies that you know, if you have MS, it doesn't get any better. So get, be comfortable, get you a nice adjustable bed and a big TV screen and it's oh. not gonna be, and this was, I mean, it was tragic. But anyhow, tragic. I, didn't know any, I didn't know any better myself. So anyhow, but the thing that was most interesting is as soon as I would ground uh, one of these ladies, and especially those that had severe MS uh, with the, you know, the pain and a lot of the myelin sheath had been eaten away. And as soon as you would ground them within 30 minutes, all of a sudden they would calm down, their color would come back up, pain would stop, 
and then they would get a little bit of composure and control over their over their limbs that were in trouble. And so, and the same thing with lupus. As soon as we we would ground somebody with lupus and they would have a flare going on, then it would quiet, calm them down. The flare would, you could feel a cooling effect of the flare coming down just by grounding them with an electrode patch and a coil cord to a ground. And so anyhow, this, um, what the thing I learned most of all about that was as time went on, one day I asked uh, one of these ladies, I said, what happened in your life prior to MS manifesting in your life? Hmm. She said, I don't know. And I said, uh, you, I mean, you weren't born with it. You know, so what happened? And she said, I don't know. And so anyhow, I was grounding her area and, and uh, living room and stuff. And all of a sudden she said, oh my goodness. She said, that's when my husband died and this happened and that happened. And, and then I, I kept, for some reason, I kept asking every time I would come across a new person, I would ask him what happened to cause this to manifest. And every single time it was about loss. They had a great loss in their mm, life. Trauma. It could have been a, yeah, it could have been a child. It could have been work. They lost their house. It could have been any number of things. And then I started learning about how the, um, you know, hormones work and how the fight or flight and, you know, cortisol. And so all this was starting to make some sense. So a lot of these people had, you know, what was creating this inflammation? We knew that not being grounded uh, didn't cause it, but it didn't prevent it like it normally would, but there's something causing this inflammation. So we found that in a lot of these, um, especially young women, um, they had experiences that they went into a chronically elevated sympathetic state, meaning, and then the cortisol started to run. And then their adrenals, their parasympathetic, which is hormone-based, um, you know, the sympathetic is responding to everything environmentally and mentally. And the parasympathetic is trying to modulate all of that and maintain you level so that you can determine whether to run or fight. But eventually the parasympathetic, your adrenals become exhausted and it can no longer respond. And then the sympathetic overdrives and then that creates pain, which creates anxiety, irritability, and eventually more inflammation, more pain, which creates more pain. And it's a vicious cycle and it, and it ends up to a large degree, anxiety, irritability, and depression. And so then we found that by grounding these people that putting the fire out, stabilizing the immune system, you know, they started to restore their lives. By, because they could, uh, I, I can't explain all of it, it's not my field, but I, these are just observations. And, um, so let me just say this, and thank you for being so uh, so articulate. Then it seems to me that people in this day and age that are exposed to all kinds of environmental assaults have an immune response, or I should say have a hormonal response. I mean, when you're yes. exposed to EMFs, your, your body, it secretes something like 10 or 12. I think it's up right. to 20 stress hormones. So yes. the reality is you don't even have to have experienced 
God forbid, that kind of a loss in your life. You're just exposed right. to living in the 21st century. You've got yes. the glyphosate, the EMFs, the nanoaluminum. So it just boils down to the fact that everybody, as much as possible, needs to be grounded. But how do you get grounded if you don't have access to, um, to the ground? I mean, some people live in a northern climate environment. Some people live in an apartment building. What can yes. you do to ground yourself to remain healthy without having access to the outdoors? Yes. Okay. Um, that's a good, good question. I, I will say that um, <clears throat> the inflammation belt, you may have heard this term, but the Canadian border area, the, you know, the states around the Canadian border all, and all the way around the earth, that area, that uh, uh, latitude is called the inflammation belt. And MS, when you think MS is very prevalent there too, I think. Yes. And it's because nobody ever touches the earth. They're, they're wearing muckaluck, I mean, big insulated boots all winter. And oh. very seldom do you ever get a chance to even go outdoors and, and stand on the earth barefoot. And, and so anyhow, so there is something there. To be said uh, for that. Yeah, so, and we see a lot of it, especially up in Canada. So anyhow, when we were doing our studies, we had to make ground planes. The first ground plane that I ever made was a mat that was... Uh, 12 inches wide, 24 inches long, and it was a piece of conductive cloth that we bonded to a piece of felt. And then we'd put an alligator clip on it and connect it to a ground rod or to a ground, put it underneath the sheet and tell them to go to sleep, and then we would do our results. And sometimes we'd make them bigger, sometimes we'd make them smaller. Um, <clears throat> and what was interesting, and then sometimes we would just use patches, electrode patches, like a Cardi EKG patch, and and connected to a meter so that we could measure, connect one to the ground, one to the meter, so we could measure, um, you know, the whatever's going on in the body. And so, and then we would make sheets. We would make uh, mats that you put on the floor, put your feet on, that you could sit on. All these things in, in our very state. But as we were doing the studies, people uh, sometimes it was the researchers and. Most of the time, it was the subjects. They all wanted to keep their mats. They all wanted to keep whatever we had, whatever we were doing, and mm -hmm. then they wanted them for their relatives. So this was so this was an accidental business. Yes, uh, I never in my life ever thought that I would be in a, you know, related to a commercial commercial enterprise again at this point. <laughs> yeah. at this yeah. point in your life. Yeah, I, seventy-five I, years young. Yes. Yeah, I'll be seventy-six in July. Bless your it's, heart. Yeah, it's coming up. Anyhow, the um, so <clears throat> anyhow, so we started when we would do studies. Then we would have excess material, and so we started. Accidentally, we ended up ordering product and making product, and started grounding people. And then it, it just took off, kind of on its own. Um, there was a fellow by the name of David Wolf. I think a lot of people have heard of David. Um, <clears throat> He uh, invited us to one of his longevity conferences and started telling people, I and mean, we started grounding people there. And then all of a sudden, there was just this huge demand for product. So we had to uh, start doing a lot of research, trying to figure out what's the best product, what, what, what would work, what's affordable. And I remember one of the ladies I was talking to at uh, NIH, and, and um, she said, we understand what you're doing. She said, but before you go out there and start making claims or start doing anything, she says, you have to have something that is no cost and something low cost and give people a solution. I mean, a no cost, low cost solution so that people yeah. can, 
can do something. And I said, well, that's great. This is, the no cost is go outdoors, take your shoes off and put, put your, your feet, feet on, on, the, the ground. On, on the earth. Sit on a chair if you have to. Um, in the summer, be careful of the sunlight, but in the winter, get all the sunlight you can. And so that was the low cost and the, I mean, the no cost. The low cost, we, we were working with very inexpensive things like wristbands and patches and uh, mats that you could put under your computer or sit on, put in your chair and sit on it or put it on the floor and put your feet on it or put it in your bed and sleep on it. And so we had something at that time, uh, you know, $50, I forget what it was, but so everybody, and we sold millions of those things. And I'm embarrassed to tell anybody how many were sold, uh, but we didn't market them. And you remember that it was kind of, it was just kind of, uh, it just took it off. Just, when the, it just, it just grew organically. So yeah. can people still get these today, Clint? And if so, yes. where, what is the website? Yeah. Uh, Earthing.com is enough. the is the simplest one and uh groundtherapy.com these products are both on both sites earthing and ground therapy and they're the simple mats and the simple sleeping mats and they're anywhere from 59 to to 129 or something like that and um it's it's ridiculous because you can't really make any money <laughs> in these small product type things but yet they're on the other hand you have to keep the prices down where people can afford them or the common people who need it the most can afford them. And so that's what we try to do. And um, yeah, it's, um, you know, call them, go to the websites and, and to understand it better and to understand, make sense of what I'm talking about here. You, you do want to, if you get a chance, watch the movie. And what is the name of the movie? It's The Earthing Movie. The Earthing Movie. Yeah, very simple. And it's on YouTube. It's free. And there's no commercials throughout. All so, blessings. You're, and it, that's a blessing. Yeah, and it has everybody from uh, Stephen, Doctor, uh, Doctor Sinatra, Great to guy. yeah, uh, Marielle Hemingway. Yeah, Marielle's in it, uh, and, and just a host of people that uh, provide a nice story and uh, give a, a good understanding. And there's some subjects in it, or some uh, uh, people who had MS, lupus, and uh, chronic health disorders um yeah it's just they, everybody it's very authentic is what it is and it's it's um and the people are all credible people uh everybody from a person with a 30 40 year background at the fda and environmental health to <clears throat> um housewife uh trying to keep her life together you know, so uh, what are so, what are the most dramatic? If if you were to give me maybe three of the most dramatic health histories of people that have used the patch, the mat, or the wristband, wh what would be most dramatic? You've worked with children with autistic children. You've worked with people that have autoimmune illnesses and probably some degenerative diseases along the way. And right. how long does it take for people to get results? Would be my other question. Okay. The 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 thing we have found is the younger the people are the more you know they're fairly healthy i mean they have resources and um, <clears throat> so when you ground them it, it isn't as noticeable they don't notice as much because they don't have a lot a lot of the pain issues but on the other hand the, the older people are the more compromised their health is they'll have pain uh low energy fatigue all these things 
so and a lot of them are very their health is i mean they're suffering from uh you know their health is very compromised and so it's like i i try to say that like if somebody is healthy they'll be centered in the center here but if somebody's health is really compromised i mean over here would be death over here would be you know perfect health so people are floating in between here people whose health is the most compromised they are the ones who uh, recover the fastest and come back the strongest and that would be ms uh, any in a lot of the elderly wow um, yeah i mean it's just and it just it, it, sometimes it's no more than just using the patch um, <clears throat> but anything you know we've we cover everything from peripheral artery disease to anything that's cardiovascular related to um, well, the heart, the heart is such an electrical organ, and I think yeah. people forget that the body is actually electrical. It may be biochemical, but there's this electrical component that you're obviously tapping into. Would I be yes. correct in saying that? Yes. Uh, that's one of the main discussions we're having now with some of the researchers, that when you ground the body, the body, these are free electrons are kind of like nutrition. I mean, they, they're... They, oh, they yes. Enter. They energize the body. I mean, they increase the ATP. And uh, so you, you just instantly, without any food or anything, you just you instantly have more energy. You come up. And so what Earth's electrons do is they excite the electrons in the body of the other electrons, and they're more ready and able to do work, which to us is feeling good and energetic. Um, yeah, it's kind of, um, you know, if you have... If you have surgery, okay, and you and you put an electrode patch here, that would be a hot burning pain. That would be what we call the Vicodin pain. You put a patch here. You won't experience the Vicodin pain. You'll have pain, but it's that pain that don't bother me, don't let me heal. But the pain that we, you know, when you have a tooth pulled, you have that hot burning pain or you, you know, that pain does not exist when you're grounding. It's cannot exist because that's oxidation that's oxidative pain so simple so simple and so elegant this this whole premise this whole mechanism yeah. So, yeah. so so in the in the in the and we'll conclude with this but it just seems to me from what you've been talking about with your remarkable discovery uncovery of this um natural phenomenon that was part and parcel of the human evolution until the 1960s that we've kind of gone astray and that the diseases that we experienced in the early 20th centuries were really diseases of infectious disease. These yes. are now autoimmune disease, which means more than ever, we need the, um, the, the tamping down of inflammation that, that earthing can provide free of charge because the earth is an unrelenting source of free electrons, if I'm not mistaken. Is this correct? That is correct. So where does, and so the question is, can the earth ever run out of electrons? Does that come from the lightning that strikes the earth? Where else would the earth be getting the free electrons? From the sun. So just natural, natural phenomenon. Yeah, the sun energizes the earth, excites the electron, you know, spews electrons, photons to the earth. And that's the, that's the life, that's the energetics of life on earth. It's, it's 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 kind of remarkable that this is yeah. so basic. It's just like taking your vitamins every day. You need vitamin G because it's yeah. the missing link to overall health, right. wellness, and especially the health of your heart. And I dare say your brain because it's another electrical organ. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, is there is there a book that you updated by the way? Or is there any other book besides the one written in 2010 that I had the privilege of uh, giving you a endorsement for? 
Yes, we did a second edition in uh, 212, updated it with a bunch of the research and uh, that's the last of the books. There's uh, all the research studies are listed at the earthinginstitute.net. Uh, there's about 25 peer-reviewed published studies there now. And then anything of significant is published there. Um, but one thing I, I want to say that, you know, is you know, people need to always remember that health is the body's most natural state. If you, if, you're, if you don't have health, then something you're doing or something in your environment is compromising your health, compromising the immune system. Because if your immune system is strong, doesn't matter what's going on, you're going to have health because it's about one thing, restoring the body to health every day. It takes the abuse, whatever, but every night it restores the body to health. And to confirm this, all you have to do is look at the animals who live in the wild. You know, they live pretty much in nature, the laws of nature, just nature, but <clears throat> they don't have cancer. They don't have audio, you know, uh, heart disease. They don't have lupus, MS. They don't have autism. They, don't, they have none of these modern health disorders. But the animals who live indoors with their owners manifest the same health disorders as their owners. So this is environment. And environment is more than just the air you're breathing. Uh, one, in this case, it's that we've insulated ourselves from the earth. But it's also our food. It's also our water, our, our air, and our thoughts. You know, this we have to back up. We have to go back out, in the, go back out in the woods for a little bit, and just sit and kind of come to terms with all with all with of this. Nature. Yes. So nature. you know, so Clint, I, I want to thank you so much. You are a wealth of information, and I want to thank you for <laughs> all of your pioneering discoveries, uncoveries, and all I can say is, Clint, may you live till one hundred and twenty. That's my, <laughs> that's my wish for you. I mean, you're still going strong. I mean, you're a remarkable example of, of, of your message. You walk the walk, yeah. talk the talk. I know because you've been a guest at my home. And all I can tell everybody is to get on the vitamin G bandwagon because there's something yeah. remarkably simple, elegant, and healthful about the power of earthing and grounding. And it's something that everybody can take advantage of. So visit yeah. earthing.com, look at the earthing movie. And the name of your book, once again, is? Earthing the most important health discovery ever. And let us say amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Annalise.